When you're an entrepreneur with a great idea, it can be daunting to find funding. Startup Raven takes the process out of your hands by helping entrepreneurs connect and learn about potential investors all in one place without any long-filled forms or thousand questions. Sign up for early access at StartupRaven.com. Welcome to StartupRad.io, your podcast and YouTube blog covering the German startup scene with news, interviews, and live events. Hello and welcome everybody. This is Joe from StartupRate.io, your startup podcast, YouTube blog and internet radio station from the German speaking startup scene, Germany, Austria and Switzerland, officially with episode 103. And I do have Michel here with me, aka Michael. How are you doing? Good. Yeah. Thanks for inviting again, Joe, and looking forward to this episode. Totally my pleasure. Um, we may tell our audience that we know each other for quite some time and we have done interviews together in the past. The last one when you've been startup of the month of Frankfurt forward, but the publication was back in 2019. So apparently a lot has changed and you had a recent fundraising, if I'm not completely mistaken, of seven million euros. Congratulations for that. And therefore you're here today in our series with Hessen Trade and Invest and the European Enterprise Network. Yeah, um, that's true. So we're very happy that we were able um, to yeah, complete our fundraise this year with a total of uh, 7 million Series A. Um, and um, yeah, um, this will yeah, fool our growth for the next upcoming years. And uh, yeah, this is another big milestone for Cashlink as we are, um, uh, uh, yeah, inside uh, our market for quite a long time and uh, are also now leading the German market, um, which is very great. And one of the, yeah, um, uh, also one of the leading players in Europe, in our e industry and ecosystem. When you take, uh, let us take a few steps back because I know a lot about your background as Cashlink. And I remember um, basically the startup was founded with the idea of sending money via a link. That's where the, the name comes from, Cashlink. And if I do really remember it correctly, it was founded in the, um, in the lib, in the library room of the kit, Karlsruhe Institute of Technology down, as the name already says, in Karlsruhe. Is that true? Yes, that's true. So, um, yeah, um, building a fintech, um, uh, yeah, has different approaches. And uh, our first approach, uh, yes, is the yeah a typical garage story, I would say, as you often hear in Silicon Valley. And um, so we basically built um, our first fintech out of a garage. And the garage was a room in the library uh, back then when we just finished our studies at the Karlsruhe Institute of Technology. And um, yeah, these were the first footsteps um, of Cashlink. Back there, um, we built um, a, a, a software, an app where you can easily send money via WhatsApp, via links. Um, and uh, this had in the back, there was, there was a machine learning algorithm that yeah, predicted um, um, uh, fraud or detected and predicted fraud. 
Um, and so this was so the, the secret sauce uh, back then. And uh, yeah, since then we have e evolved, we have, de um, um, we have developed um, into yeah, a, a grown-up fintech, into a way more mature fintech, um, and are now a completely different ecosystem, um, have a completely different product. Um, but what remained, um, has always remained, is the name, and this is Cashlink. I'm curious because I remember that you basically pivoted because the regulations have become unfavorable for your first business model. Is that true? Yes, that's true. So um, if you if you are building um, a fintech, um, one of the challenges uh, every fintech is facing is regulation. And it's not the it's not only the current regulation; it's also um, the uh, yeah the way regulation evolves. Regulation is always a moving part, um, and also regulation is uh, essential um, um, an essential part um, when uh, yeah uh, uh, entering um, uh, the financial ecosystem. And so, um, also looking from a venture capital perspective, you have always this regulatory risk that the regulatory landscape can develop into or uh, in a way which is not favorable for your business model. And um, this happened to us. So um, we came um, to a point where we um, realized it, it's made, it's made, it makes way more sense for us at Cashlink to tap into a completely different market, the completely different product, And uh, uh, here also, which is the tokenization um, uh, uh, e ecosystem, here also regulation is a big part of our story. Um, and in this case, very, very favorable part. So it had really changed from uh, regulation being unfavorable for our business model to being very favorable for our business model. And um, so this is also yeah, a, a, a key element for us when building Cashlink um, uh, regulation. And then we pivot, pivoted um, into a completely new yeah, business model and are now one of the leading tokenizations providers in Europe um, and also being one of the pioneers here. And uh, yeah, so we did a complete switch and uh, are very proud that we managed to do this um, switch uh, so successfully. Yeah. I'm wondering what, How was it like when you realized that there will be a new European Union directive and it will basically crush your current business model? Did you already have something in the draw, what you can rely upon, or did you then have to search for a new potential business model? Usually, I think, um, um, and this is not only about building fintechs, it's also about building startups, is um, uh, yeah, the saying, if you have a plan B, plan A never works. So I think focus is very important and focus also means that we have to um, yeah, really put all our efforts into plan A and that's what we did. So we put all the efforts into plan A and at some point, and this doesn't happen overnight, at some point we realized, okay, there are um, developments in the market um, um, and we monitored them over time um, and at some point we saw, okay, okay um, what is the potential of this business model um, under these new circumstances? Um, and we continuously um, um, uh, dealt with it. And at some point, we just figured, okay, there will be markets and there will be products that will have a way bigger impact for us um, and um, where we have better chances um, uh, to be successful and to succeed. 
Um, and therefore, um, uh, yeah, we came across, um, yeah, not, yeah, not on purpose, um, but um, we, um, uh, not on purpose, but at some point we realized we, we are tech, uh, a tech company. And um, so we always were dealing with uh, technical challenges. And one of the challenges then was the whole blockchain ecosystem. And at some point we just figured, oh, there might be a, a, there, there are huge problems which now can be solved or via the solution uh, tokenization. And then we deep dived into it and we took a lot of time into it. And uh, then um, we founded Cashlink 2.0. Um, what's also, uh, uh, I think, uh, good to say here is um, a pivot doesn't happen overnight. Um, a pivot happens um, over uh, half a year or maybe even more. So this is not one overnight switch, which is usually how it's um, uh, set by the media. It's a long process um, where you, have, you need a clear strategy, a clear um, rollout, um, and where you also need a clear communication plan. Um, because at some point you have to communicate um, um, your change of the business model to your um, uh, to the whole team, to your stakeholders, um, to all the shareholders, to your partners, and at the end, of course, also to the media. And this needs a clear uh, path and way. I see. I see. Um, do, do you have any strong recommendations how to communicate? Because we've been talking with some other startups here in the past about how to pivot and. As, as you said, what they usually are saying is more along the lines that you first should have a solid plan and you, then you start to communicate it. If you're sitting there in a boardroom meeting with your investors and they realize, oh, there is a lot of questions left there in the company. Um, some of them may be tempted to call a competitor uh, because they know someone there in the supervisor board and ask, hey, how about my investment here? Don't you want to buy them? Yeah, I, th I think what's important here is, um, and that's always how we acted, is to be very transparent, um, especially to your shareholders, um, because they um, are part of your journey and they invested in, in the company when you were building it. Um, so we always were very transparent. We included them uh, from the beginning in our um, uh, thoughts and then actions, um, and especially in our deeply discussions. So first of all, of course, we want we needed the advice very strongly in this um, uh, um, in this time. Um, so they were very helpful, with sparing with advice um, uh, regarding the pivot, but also regarding the new business model. And um, so in this case, um, uh, yeah, we we had very active communication. Also, the the, the communication um, uh, intensified a lot with our shareholders. Um, which I appreciated, also that they um, took their time. And um, uh, we always had a very good, or have still have a very good relationship to our shareholders. And uh, I think what unifies us at Cashling is that we all look in the same direction and that we all share the same goal um, of what's now in the best interest for Cashlink. Um, and that's why the, the, the discussions were very fruitful and um, um, yeah, we, we shaped the new business model together, um, the founders, the shareholders, and the team. 
Um, and uh, yeah, that's why um, I think uh, uh, we did a good job here. Um, I also think it's very important to always be proactive. So you as a founder have to be very proactive towards all the sh stakeholders. Um, and being proactive um, usually uh, uh, means that everyone gets a more, probably a better feeling um, uh, in compared to that you're always only reacting. Um, this is also not, usually not the best sign if you only react, you have to act and not to react. And then, of course, you have to have a clear plan. Um, you have to have a nuclear business model. You have to you have to get everyone on board. Um, and um, yeah, this takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of time. And at the end, it was successful, and we got a new investor on board back then, um, who also supported our new business model. And all the other investors um, reinvested money, which was also a very good sign for us as a team. Um, that uh, although the first business model did not meet the expectations, um, everyone reinvested uh, money into the same team, but with different business model and different product. So let's talk a little bit about what you guys are doing right now, because um, I remember vividly the last interview was um, you guys offering to tokenize um, shares in GmbH, a German form of an LTD that you could easily trade and um, uh, shift between investors makes it much easier than like the official cumbersome way. And from there, you basically went on to do something uh, a little bit different, right? Yeah. So, I mean, the whole story of like the buzzword tokenization is that you can now represent um assets or values um, uh, within tokens. And at the end, it's just a new technology and the investors and issuers don't care about technology. They only care about um, what's in for them and uh, they only care about really value which is brought to them. So at the end, we have to question, okay, you have this new technology tokenization, but what's the value behind it um, for the existing um, participants and uh, what's what it turns out to be is that um, the way we interact with assets um, the way how we transfer value will fundamentally change in the future um, because now with technology we can easier transfer value we can transfer value more efficiently um, and this will lead to way more new business models um, and uh, lower investment barriers and uh, also more tradability. And to be more precise, or to, or to have an example here is, um, if you, if, what values are we transferring right now? We are transferring um, uh, 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 yeah, equities um, of uh, startups or companies. We are transferring stocks. Um, uh, when we invest in companies, um, we are transferring um, ownership of real estate. Um, we are transferring ownership of collectibles. So these are all um, uh, assets um, who are, we are transferring. But, but if you look at how the, the backend technology works of these transferring of these assets or investing in these assets, it's in all these usually different technologies. It's a lot of paper-based technology behind. Um, if you look at stocks, it's, it's, it's still a very... Um, 
uh, old technology compared to what we can offer now nowadays. Um, um, it's very inefficient. It's very expensive. And with tokenization and blockchain technology, you can now really um, have more efficient um, uh, infrastructures. And that's why what we will see is not only the way we transfer values will fundamentally change and not only the way we invest into assets will fundamentally change. It will also, it, or this will change because we fundamentally change the complete back-end infrastructure of our financial ecosystem. This will take maybe 10, maybe 20 years, but it will, it's not, it's not about when, it, uh, about if, it's only about when. And then um, you, you will see what CashLink is now positioning itself as we are the leading infrastructure provider. Um, so for securities, um, um, uh, uh, for um, all these assets that can be packaged into securities and then way more efficiently be invested and transferred. And uh, luckily uh, in Germany, we have now um, the, um, the most progressive regulation in place worldwide um, because if you have this new technology, um, it usually doesn't fit to the existing regulation. So the regulator has to also to adapt and the regulator uh, really adapted very fast in Germany. And um, now we have new regulation in place in Germany, which is setting the frame um, to use these technology and then issue securities um, completely regulated but in a tokenized way in Germany. Major milestone for Germany. And um, I, uh, I like to say here that the real innovator in this whole space um, is the German government. Um, they acted like a startup um, because they were faster than most of uh, the boards in the banks. Um, and uh, this rarely happens, um, but it's very good to see because this is drawing business to Germany. This is um, um, uh, good for the whole ecosystem in Germany um, because we have the, 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 real, the, 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 the very good environment that um, we can now make use and profit from this more efficient infrastructure on blockchain technology and tokenization to um, our existing use cases of issuing securities. I see. So ba basically, we talked about this with uh, Professor Philip Sandner, who was at the time an advisor to the uh, German government in setting this law. And basically, it allows to tokenize um, your shares. You have like one physical um, physical paper-based Urkunde, um, it is called in Germany. And then you can have like all the sub Uh, the sub unique shares you can have as tokens. That will basically the new thing. And what part of this is what you are doing? Yeah. So as you just said, yeah, yeah we, we, we in Germany dematerialized, um, the issuance of security. Um, and, uh, now, uh, we are acting as a so-called crypto securities registrar, um, under the new law in Germany for electronic securities. We have a preliminary license here. Um, so um, what the new law says is, okay, if you want to issue a security, you need a regulated registrar. Um, and this regulated registrar then can, or this is what most of them like Hashing are doing, can 
um, use blockchain technology and tokenization um, to run this registry. This is not the whole registry, but it's a part of the registry um, so that we can then um, uh, uh, have a tokenized form of the underlying security or the underlying asset. And we are the leading registrar in Germany um, um, for this. We have the preliminary license. So our clients are platforms, banks, um, and then the issue, respectively the issuers um, that then uh, now have the option to say, if I want to issue a security, I can do it the traditional way, with the traditional infrastructure, or I can do it in a new way um, uh, and then select CashLink as a registrar. And this is also now good because not only have we new technology that's more efficient, we've also now more competition in the market because in the traditional ecosystem, um, it's, they, are they are dominated by um, uh, yeah, monopolistic structures. Clearstream Bank? Yeah, like, uh, clear, like Clearstream. We may tell the audience, basically, there's one center. It's called Clearstream Banking Frankfurt. They're the central registry. Then they're half so-called um, in in the stock exchange that sits on top of it. They're so-called clearing members. And everybody who wants to trade um, stocks in Germany, in Frankfurt, has to go through one of those clearing members. And they may not be directly a member. For example, if you trade from a foreign country or from a small bank, they will work with the bank who is a clear member there. Yes, yes, that's, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, so that's why also the, the, the ecosystem got disrupted because we have now more competition and usually competition uh, leads uh, to, um, uh, yeah, decreased prices, which is then good for everyone at the end um, because then securities um, uh, will get cheaper um, and so at the end, investors can profit from this um, because the way um, we are handling securities will be cheaper. And with this, um, with this higher cost efficient, uh, with more efficiency in place, um, there will be more business model because now um, it, uh, it makes sense to make, for example, real estate um, or other alternatives investable because the costs are lower than in the traditional system. Um, yeah, and that's why we will see more uh, investable assets and we will see cheaper um, um, uh, invest, or we will see investment opportunities in existing products that will be cheaper than in a traditional way in the short term. Because um, it takes less time and less manual labor to move the securities from one person to another. Yeah, so what you can do is now you can automize more steps um, and you have less intermediaries um, in the whole value chain. Um, and especially when we have money on chain, which is now everyone talking about, the so-called yeah, CBDC or uh, Euro on chain, um, uh, we can also further automate the, um, all the post-trade um, uh, processes. Um, because, for example, if you're distributing um, payments to the investors from a security or dividends. If you pay, if you do all the corporate actions, um, you can now do them on chain in a fully automated way. Um, and this creates efficiencies, um, which then uh, leads to um, 
decreased prices at the end for the investor. That is something many people don't know about the global capital market system because like there's a handful of really big players, for example, um, for example, Bank of New York Mellon or um, State Street. They are basically helping to distribute all the dividends, all the interest payments for a very simple reason, because not, let's say I'm Mercedes, I'm issuing a bond. I'm not always very sure where are the people located or who the people are who get the interest payment. And you have to have an intermediate in between who has to do a lot of manual work, who has to keep track of all the ownership. And that is also something that gets automated here, right? Yeah, true. Um, so what's also changing is that um, I think we will still see a lot of intermediaries on the short term. Um, um, but now we have the option um, to eliminate some of them. And this, for example, has the benefit that the issuer now really can track down each investor, um, which is something the issuer is highly interested in. Um, and even if you have more complex products, you can now you can now easily track down to the actual asset um, because it's all transparent, it's all on chain. Um, and this makes, um, um, uh, yeah, this higher transparency, I think it's also good for the market. Um, nevertheless, of course, we don't put investor names on chain um, because this is uh, something the market doesn't want. And of course, data protection um, uh, um, uh, is, uh, here is also against it. Um, so um, uh, nevertheless, the whole um, financial product is now on chain and more transparent. I think this is also good for the market. Mm -hmm. I see. And somewhere in the back of my mind, I just had smart contracts when you came up with that. So some stuff may be done in the future on a completely automated basis, thinking about dividend or interest payments here. Let's get a little bit... Because I do believe we have a little bit fintech geeked out here and maybe we've lost a lot of the audience here. We talk a lot about this stuff. If you do have any questions, reach out to me, joe at startuprate.io, and I'm happy to answer all the questions. Um, my questions would be here. How do you guys make money and how big is uh, Cashlink right now? You've been talking about being the leading Registrar for securitized, um, sec securitized, no, tokenized securities <laughs> in Germany. Um, it, it, how do you guys make money and how big are you currently in terms of headcount? Yeah. So usually our business model, um, is, uh, similar to, um, uh, the traditional model in traditional finance world, um, because we are basically, um, just a more efficient piece in the short term. And this means um, uh, we profit um, the more assets we have on the registry. That's what we call AURs um, because we take a fees, uh, a basis point fee uh, per annum uh, for the assets that are run on our registry. Um, and so um, the more assets uh, in volume are on our registry and the more successful CashLink is. Um, we have now done, um, I think right now it's around uh, uh, almost half of all the issuance in Germany um, that have been uh, 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 taken place so far. And uh, the market is still at the beginning of evolving. Um, in Germany, I think yeah, it's also lead, it's, it's leading due to the regulations. All the German players now have a competitive advantage. 
um, which is good. Um, and we also saw big banks um, going into the market. So uh, the biggest issue in Germany so far was an, an issuance from Siemens. Um, and then um, it's all public on uh, uh, the site uh, of bafin.de. You can also find there that uh, Deutsche Bank did an issuance um, with Cashlink, for example. And uh, we'll see more and more banks and um, also big players tapping into this market. Um, and so the market um, is expected to grow every year and every year because um, they want to profit from this uh, yeah, efficiency gains. And um, the European regulation is um, uh, um, also um, yeah, uh, ramping up. Um, we have a so-called DLT pilot regime in Europe, which is then um, uh, uh, yeah, uh, helping uh, uh, that these uh, tokenized securities can be traded on an MTF, for example. So this will also drive um, our market um, in a positive way. Um, uh, as I said at the beginning, uh, regulation is here key. And in this case, regulation is really driving the growth um, of the whole ecosystem and therefore also the growth of Cashlink. And uh, we're based in Frankfurt. Yeah, yeah, just raised our um, uh, Series A round. And um, yeah, uh, our clients, um, like I just I'd already named a few, um, our clients uh, range from uh, uh, banks um, uh, to also alternative asset platforms. Uh, for renewables, wind parks, um, and also um, uh, uh, real estate, collectibles. And also to mention here, one of our news shareholders is uh, the Hela Bar. Um, and uh, the Hela Bar is also a major uh, financial institution in uh, Germany, especially um, uh, here in Frankfurt. Um, now also um, opens up new opportunities uh, uh, for Cashlink as we're now collaborating with them um, to the financial uh, sector. Mm -hmm. Are you currently looking for new people, new hires? Yeah, we just hired uh, a bunch of people. And um, so for us, um, it's important now um, to do the next steps uh, uh, growth-wise, um, meaning uh, getting more issuers, getting more platforms, more banks as clients, um, and also, of course, very important, uh, building our fintech, um, building our regulated financial institutions. Um, this is the, 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 the biggest uh, uh, work we're working on um, because we're now turned into financial institutions and building and investing into this financial institution is key in this market. Um, and uh, that's our two focus areas right now. Mm -hmm. But you would also be open to talk to new investors because there's always a Series B coming around, right? I mean, I think as a, as a founder, you should always be open to opportunities. Um, um, although um, we have just raised, it's always very interesting to get in contact with new investors. There will be another round in the future. Um, so the earlier we get in contact, the better. Um, and yeah, always um, happy to have a chat here. Great. Um, everybody who'd like to learn more, we link cash, the cash link website down here in our show notes on medium.com forward slash startup rate dash IO. And of course, um, your LinkedIn profile. So everybody who'd like to learn more investors who'd like to reach out can reach out to you directly. Michel, it was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much. And thanks to our sponsors, Hessen Trade and Invest. Have a good day. Bye bye.
Bye bye. Thanks a lot for yeah the invitation and the podcast. Thank you, Joe. Totally my pleasure. Have a good day. Bye bye. That's all, folks. Find more news, streams, events, and interviews at www.startuprad.io. Remember, sharing is caring.